Welcome to the GPS Podcast, the golf performance show designed to help you get from where you are to where you want to be in your journey with golf. I'm your host, Trey Carpenter, and each week I will bring in guests who can inspire and motivate you to take your next step in golf. Follow or subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast so you can get new episodes each week. Without further ado, let me introduce this week's guest. Today's guest is a former national champion. Some say he may be a future mayor of Charlotte. He's an All-American. He's someone who's uh, been part of a team I've coached in the past. We can get into that a little bit. Um, Coming off a season opener at Olympia Fields this last week, welcome to the show, Henry Shimp. Thanks, Drake. Yeah, excited to talk today. Talk a little bit about us being on the same team together and and your coaching experience and where you're at now. And so it's going to be a good conversation. I appreciate uh, having me on. Let's start there. First impression of me, like 24, 48 hours. What do you got? Mm. You, you can be candid. I will say that I took to your detail orientedness very quickly. The, like the way you put together our first travel itinerary, I was like, this is my guy because I am OCD to the bone. And so the way that you put all that together and the way that you planned out a trip, I was all for it. So I knew that we'd go along pretty well. I feel like that could have went a couple different directions. So I appreciate you putting that point. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something I've been known for over the years is uh, coaching. One of my common answers is it's on the itinerary. So I'm going to ask a question. It's on the itinerary. And that's not I still just use me. that one. It's just not for you guys. Right. It's like for me too. Like that's how I knew what was going on. So uh, I pretty kind of brings back memories now that I'm do- not doing itineraries that uh, yeah. Preparation is separation. Always remember that. Um it's awesome. You guys just got back from Olympia Fields last night, right? Give me a give me a little recap of first event out of the gate for the card, and maybe what your uh, thoughts are for the upcoming season. Yeah, it was good. Olympia is always a good spot to start. You know, it's just it's a real golf course. I mean, nothing unfair whatsoever about it. Um, great architecture, fun place to play. But I mean, you got to be clicking on all cylinders. You know, the greens are tough, and if you're not driving it straight, then you have no chance. If your irons aren't good, then you have no chance from there. And, if you're not putting well, then you're just going to play average golf. So everything has to be on. Um, it's not to say that you can't play well if you do. If you do go out there with a good game, but uh, anything that's off, it's going to expose you really quickly. So it's um, it's a fun but difficult place for us to start our season. I guess for those who don't know, you know, we we start school. We, we started today actually, September 20th, and most schools have been in session for like six weeks now. So a lot of the teams that we we're competing against there have already played at least once, if not twice this year. And for the, for the rest of us, um, you know, the last time we would have competed was if you play the USAM then then, and for the guys that didn't, it would be like maybe the very beginning of August or end of July. So going into a golf course like that, having not really played much provides a whole nother challenge in and of itself. And so we have, uh, we, over the years, we've had some of our less, less than stellar finishes at Olympia fields, but You know, this year we were good. We finished fourth, um, had a slow first round, but second two are really solid. I think if you throw out that first round, we we played as well as anybody in the field, really. Um, So super excited for the team this year. We got a couple younger guys who are super talented. We have myself, anything but a younger guy, um, and then a few other guys in between who who have a lot of game. And so I think it's um, it's an eclectic team in terms of age and backgrounds and all that. Um, going to be a cool group of guys to kind of figure out how to push each other's buttons. But 
a lot of maturity, a lot of talent, um, a team that, that I think can really do a lot of cool things. And I think if nothing else, this week was, was an indicator of that coming out of the gate. So exciting start for us. Yeah. As you alluded to, uh, being kind of the senior, senior on the team, tell people a little bit about your experience at Stanford so far. This is your sixth season. Am I correct on campus? Uh, so maybe un- unpack that a little bit and kind of what your experience has been like in your, your sixth year. This is six. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about that. I, I've been here seemingly forever now and it's, it's been great. I mean, there's, there's a reason that I'm still around, but part of that, part of the reason why I'm still here is when you unpack all six seasons with COVID in there, I had an injury my freshman year. Um, so then my redshirt freshman or sophomore, we'll just kind of throw it in as, as they would be normally rather than use the term redshirt. So freshman year, play one event, then get injured right after it. So that, that season's basically a wash. Sophomore year, standard, play, play all the way through. Junior year, standard, play all the way through. Senior year, we get cut short by COVID. So play kind of, that was your year with us. So that was kind of a half season, you know, didn't really get to, do anything special, right? Right as we were starting to click and, and the season was ramping up into some of the postseason events, we, we get sent home by COVID. And then last year we played, what, five events or something like that. We started super late and we're only on campus for like three months and now we're back for six. So anyway, that's all to say that I've only played like two full legitimate college seasons. So that's part of the reason that I'm back is that I want to, you know, have, have another go at it and we have such talented teams I was discussing before um, and, you know, being in a leadership position, I'm really excited to come back and, you know, continue to get better myself, but also help lead the team, um, you know, and give it one more go. Awesome. Let's uh, let's take a little trip back to the first, I guess, full season prior to COVID. Um, I guess Stanford's still the national champion of the last the most recent full college golf season, I guess. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you guys kind of flew under the radar through the year, got hot late, you make it in the national championship. Like at what point did it hit you that like, Whoa, like I'm playing in the national championship or like, we got a shot. Like what point in that whole experience were you like the most nervous? Like this was the most intense. Mm, It's a good question. I, um, you know, the way I've always thought about it with the national championship, the way golf is, is set out is you're kind of like the, the whole season and obviously at culminating in a national championship is like clearing a succession of hurdles. So you're really just trying to play well enough to be a team that gets into regionals from regionals. You really just need to finish in the top five. You don't have to win. Once you get into the national championship, you're just dying to finish in the top eight to have a chance at match play. And then once you get to match play, obviously anything can happen. And so we start to get hot and we do win regionals. We had won, I think, the three tournaments prior to that. So clearly we weren't at that point quite flying under the radar, but it was probably after the final round of stroke play. So you play three rounds of stroke play. They cut from 30 teams to 15. You play one final round. They cut from 15 teams to eight, and then it's an 18 match play bracket. And so after that fourth round of stroke play, we end up grabbing the sixth seed, I believe, something like that. And at that point, you know, I talk about those hurdles. We've cleared a lot of hurdles. You know, you're into the match play bracket. There's still three more to go. Um, 
but you've really accomplished a lot of, of what you've set out to at the beginning of the year. And so once you get there, it, it was equal parts um, excitement, but also some nerves, you know, because now it's like the pressure's on. We're right where we want to be. We know that we're playing really well. And, you know, this is it. This is go time. And so, yeah, I remember being nervous uh, because the path was pl pretty clear at that point. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> there's a picture that was captured by a guy that does some some kind of audio video stuff for us. And uh, I was just like in the press room, like fist pumping in the air, just like so excited, completely genuine. You know, once we got into match play, because I was just really, really fired up to get out there and, and, and see what we could do. Yeah, I remember watching like some of the highlights on on the golf channel and I watched some of it live and at that point, you know, didn't know I was going to be going to Stanford, right? So like that was how I knew a lot of you guys before I got out to campus was, you know, seeing Delet go crazy and Snyder and you yeah, and then yeah. obviously, you know, I've gotten to to spend some time with Isaiah and Brandon a little bit um, in my year out there. And it was cool to like, you know, see you guys in that position on TV and then like, you know, see, man, you like, you're just real life, normal human beings, right? And I think that's, you know, as I've climbed the levels of golf and, and worked with better players, it's like, I, I think I personally have always had this misconception of like, these people are like superhuman, you know, like, but you're just a kid, you, you go to class, you go to golf, but like, you're just a normal kid, like everyone else, right? You just do it at maybe a high, a higher level. Um, and I, I've always been interested on how that dynamic kind of works and people get in that moment. And, and how do you handle that? And like you said, I, I think something that that you do really well is like you're super prepared for everything right and like you and I are kind of on that same wavelength so that's how I'm like more comfortable in those type situations because of the preparation piece right like I do all these things to to make myself feel comfortable so when I get in that environment that's uncomfortable like I have all these things to go to you've thought through the whole process in your head multiple times right like you've thought through what that's going to look like and what those hurdles are and so you're not you're not freaking out about it as much, um, you know, in that moment. So cool to, cool to hear you talk about that. Um, what did you, what did you learn from that experience? It's been what, two years ago now, like having won that, what does that, what does that do for you now? And how often do you think about that? Like, what do you take from that experience? Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of it goes right to what you were saying with the preparedness. You know, I think, you talk about how we play on TV and it seems like it's this glamorous thing and we're like superhuman. And in reality, like being prepared and being confident in yourself and knowing how to deal with a moment like that, it, that's kind of what you're doing. You know, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing special. The, the guys that are playing out on tour, yes, they're amazing golfers. Um, but, but John Rahm hitting a five or six iron, whatever it was at the tour championship on the final hole and knocking down the flag stick, you know, I, I have a greater appreciation, but also less of an appreciation at the same time of like how great that moment is, because that's just, that's what you prepare to do. That's the reason that you go out and hit balls on the range. And that's the reason that you focus on your mental preparation and you know how to control your breathing and all of those sorts of things. So that. Once you get in that moment, you know, I like that term superhuman. It looks like people are performing at such a high level. And I guess you are, but but at the same time, it doesn't feel that way because once again, that's just that's what you've prepared for. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I took away from it is that, you know, if you're focusing on your craft every single day, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's whether it actually is with a golf club in your hand or 
you know, this sounds crazy, but I'll do things such as if I'm walking up steps and I start to feel myself breathing more heavily, I'll try to get that breath under control because I know at some point I'm going to be out on the golf course and I'm going to need to control my heart rate and just little things like that that you can focus on and hone in on. That's what I really took away from that is just how important it is to know yourself, know your body, know, know the way that you need to handle a sort of pressure pressure situation like that. And that, you know, the people that have done it before you, it's those little things that they're able to do. It's not that they're a 10 times better golfer than you or have a better golf swing. You know, at the end of the day, the execution of shots under pressure, it, it has very little to do with your actual ability to swing a golf club and much more to do with your ability to prepare yourself to swing a club. You know, if you're, if you put yourself in the right mental and physical state, you're going to be able to make the swing. It's just that a lot of people have no idea how to actually calm themselves and and get in the right position, um, you know, to be able to perform under pressure. Yeah. A word you said a lot there was just like, it's just a five iron, right? It's just around like, it's just golf at the end of the day. Right. But um, you know, something that I've learned from um, someone I've worked with a lot is Brian Kane, and you don't rise to the occasion, you sink to the level of your training. And when I hear you talk, like, you're consciously doing these things while you train and while you practice so that when you get to the biggest tournament of the year, like you do those things second nature, right? Like that's your process, that's your routine. And so everything just becomes this, this process and this this routine that you just repeat no matter what the environment is around you. Right. But it comes back to like, what are you doing on a daily basis? And for you, like the example of just walking up and down steps and realizing that's, that's an opportunity for me to better myself for a moment that's going to come along in the future. Right. And that's where it comes down to, you know, training, like you want to play or training, like you want to compete. I think, like you said, is one of the great separators of when you get in that moment, how are you going to handle it? Um, Let's transition a little bit to kind of your, your path to Stanford. I, I want this podcast to be um, a platform for people to kind of share their story a little bit of, of how they've kind of gotten to where they are and hopefully inspire and motivate someone else along the way. Um, so talk about maybe like, what was that conversation like when uh, Conrad, Coach Ray gives you the call and, and says, hey, Henry, would you like to come to Stanford? Um, what's, what's that moment like? Well, I just remember it being like a three-month succession of not actually taking coach seriously that he was interested in me, basically. I, shoot, this was my junior, yeah, I believe it was my junior year, could have been my sophomore year, but I had looked at, so I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, and so I'm, I'm from nowhere near Stanford, and looked at a bunch of schools in the ACC, you know, I really didn't need to go that far from home to play at a great school. There are a lot of good places in, in the Carolinas and, and the surrounding states. And really, let's let's roll with junior year. I think that's what it was. Really kind of early in that junior year, I I was getting ready to commit. You know, I had a pretty good sense of the couple schools that I liked and hadn't even thought about Stanford, honestly, just because I, I didn't think I was ever going to have a chance there. I mean, I knew about Stanford, but, you know, the names that were synonymous with it in my mind were Patrick Rogers and, and Tiger Woods and Cameron Wilson and all these guys that are just so good. And I'm like, huh, I rate myself pretty highly, but you know, I'm not, I'm not one of them. And so I'm fine with just staying close to home, but my dad pushed me to just go take a visit out there. And I, so I was like, Hey, I'm not going to turn down taking a trip out to California. And so started emailing with coach. And I remember getting replies back like, yeah, we, you know, we'd love to have you out. We'd love to 
see you here in a couple of years. And I was like, all right, that's cool. But he's, he's not serious. He's just being nice. And so then I do take a visit and I really liked everything. And, and he was very, coach Ray was very upbeat about, you know, my, my game and my, my academics and all those sorts of things. And so then I get a little bit more excited. I was like, ah, okay, maybe he actually is a little bit serious. And then I visited again in about uh, probably December of that same year. So midway through my junior year and coach ends up giving me an offer and I just felt like it's, it was something that I couldn't turn down. And so it, it all happened very quickly. And I definitely remember it being a bit overwhelming, just being so far from home and, and also overwhelming in the sense of, as you know, you know, you get out there and the, the practice facilities are just so great. And the campus is unbelievable. And the whole area is just so nice. And so overwhelming in a good sense. But, um, you know, you almost like can't even get your hands around, wow, I, I can't believe this is a place that I'm actually going to get to spend four years. Um, but that's even more to say that when I was given the opportunity, I just I couldn't quite turn it down. So yeah, midway through my junior year, I committed and um, been, it's been the best decision I've ever made, you know, getting to do something a little bit different, kind of get out of my comfort zone. Um, that's what it's all about. And I think that's the greatest thing that Stanford's done for me. Not, no knock at all on those that stay close to home for school. But I do feel as if and, and maybe this is just self self-imposed, but I do feel as if I have a bit of an edge on certain people and that I've just been able to get out and, and see more things and understand, you know, more perspectives and, um, you know, it just, it broadens your horizons basically. And, and that's one of the big things that Stanford's done for me. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree there. I'd never been more than oh, maybe 200 miles away from home when I took the job out there and I literally drove out there in a two door car, not knowing anyone, not knowing who I'm going to live with not really knowing any of you guys. I actually hadn't met Coach Ray on campus. We'd only talked in person at some some tournaments and stuff. And like you said, it was just like taking that leap and then you just kind of figure it out once you get started, right? Like yeah, we always say, exactly. it's, the, it's the start that stops most people and you get in this environment where you're uncomfortable and it forces you to, to change some things and to grow and to be open to new ideas. And, um, you know, I think you alluded to, like it was just a different way of thinking, right? Everything's so much bigger picture out there and the people you're around and, and it's really cool. But if you're not willing to put yourself in that environment, like I don't think you're going to learn as much about yourself. So I um, appreciate you, you taking the time to kind of share um, some insights on your experience. Uh, I do have a couple of quick questions. I want to put you on the hot seat a little bit uh, before we let you go here. You're someone who's uh, well-traveled. You've actually started your own podcast recently. So you're a pretty interesting man. So I want to Give some people a little insight on Henry Shimp before we let you go. Um, draws or fades? Oh, draws. Not draws. not big ones, just baby draws, but draws. What about a seed ball? You're still playing a draw? So I've got – the seed has developed. I'm a I'm big seed guy. Um, I have – so our new assistant coach, Cole, actually likes to call them categories. I call them degrees. So first-degree seed, that's your standard kind of low cut. Second degree seed is if you need it to turn right to left. So change the path a little bit, put the ball a little bit further back, and I can kind of hit a low sweeping draw seed. Again, Cole likes to call them a category one and two, which I kind of like because they're like hurricanes. Um, but I, I call them degrees. Oh, beautiful. Uh, best comfort station? Mm. Gotta go. Ooh, ooh, that's actually tough. No, I'm going to go with my gut. I would say Madison Club in Palm Springs. You know, we take the team trip down there and 
I mean, it's, I think it's really the jerky. That jerky is so unbelievable. I don't even know, like, I think it's like straight up Wagyu, whatever, just unbelievable. Yeah, I haven't, uh, haven't been out there, but the general consensus is Palm Springs has some of the best comfort, comfort stations in the world. So yeah, they are get, strong. Get those, get those on my bucket list. What's your go-to coffee before a round? Wow, what a question. Well, first of all, there has to be coffee. Um, we're, yeah, quality would love for it to be there, but, uh, but there has to be coffee in, in some way, shape, or form. I would say if I, if I had full control over the matter, I would go to Phil's. I'll plug that out here in the Bay Area. And a half-calf of some sort, maybe a half-Ethiopian, half-Tesora, um, nothing too crazy. Don't want to, you know, don't want to get a caffeine overload, but a little bit of caffeine kind of get the mental engines firing and we'll be ready to go. But yes, coffee before the round is absolutely crucial. Especially on those cold weather days. Yeah. Th then probably two coffees. <laughs> awesome. Last question. Who's your dream foursome? Dream foursome. You know, it's funny that that's a question that gets asked so much and I never actually think about it. So this is probably the hottest the seat has been, but, um, you know, I love playing with, with my dad and my younger brother. Uh, they're both big golfers. So I'll throw the two of them in there. And then from there, um, hmm, I'm doing it. Tiger. He's coming back. He will swing a club again. He will swing it at a high level, more wins to come. My dad and my brother, Tiger, whatever course he's down to play, that would be. That, that, that would was, be my, that was my follow-up question is what course and are you placing a bet on the first tee? Bet, yes. Course. <laughs> um, you know, this is a little bit of recency bias, but I, I, I've been fortunate to play quite a few good courses, um, but I played for the first time this summer Chicago Golf Club and it was, it was fantastic. I mean, I'm not going to say it's, the best this, the best that, favorite this, favorite that, but but just absolutely loved it. That one hit me harder than any course I've played for the first time in probably the last three or four years. So, yeah, we'll go uh, we'll go to Chicago where I just was, take the cat, take my dad, take my brother, and definitely place a big wager on the first tee. Perfect. Love it. Um, before we let you go, one last thing. You, As I alluded to, you've recently started a podcast. Maybe share – a little bit about kind of what you're doing there and, and where people can uh, find some episodes. Yeah. Kind, kind of you to allow me. Um, it's called the Thai podcast. Uh, it can be found on Apple podcast or Spotify myself and a friend Walker Simus who played golf at Wofford college. He graduated just last year doing it. Um, we do a couple episodes weekly. So on Mondays we do what we call mud ball Monday. One came out today. So Basically, basically, we select just whatever topic or maybe it'll be, um, you know, follower submission or something along those lines. So today, for example, we were talking cold weather golf, just our um, thoughts and passion or lack thereof about the topic of cold weather golf. And then on Fridays, we release an interview. So usually it's going to be just a one on one walker will take someone or I'll take someone. We'll, we'll occasionally have ones where we both hop on there and have a three ball. Um, but yeah, people with different perspectives on the game, the, I guess the term, the tie is the concept there that, you know, people are tied into the game in different ways and it, it, it ties us into other aspects of life. And so, you know, don't expect too many professional golfers necessarily, but certainly a lot of people that have passion for the game and other things as well. 
um, and have some pretty cool stories to share about how they've gotten into it and how golf has gotten them into other things and, and everything in between. So again, the Thai podcast, Apple, Apple podcast or Spotify, um, and look forward to picking up some new listeners. So awesome. we appreciate yeah, you giving me some air. I'll throw i I'll throw a link in the show notes. I do know how to do that, even though this is only episode number two. So yeah, we'll get that in the show notes. So Henry, appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the conversation. Good to catch up and, uh, best of luck this fall as you guys roll into another, uh, hopefully long postseason run at Stanford. Good deal. Yeah. Thanks Drake. Go card. Thank you for listening to this week's GPS podcast. Don't forget to follow or subscribe. So you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with someone, you know, who would benefit from listening as well. Remember, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, we'll go together.